the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Hello and welcome back to Together for Good. This show is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio as a part of our mission to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by encouraging and funding health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Through Together for Good, we connect our audience to the great work these organizations do in our community. Within the Baptist Health Foundation's eight-county service area, roughly 13% of the population can be considered food insecure, with potentially higher percentages among children. This means that they are lacking reliable, nutritious meals, or sometimes that food is an either-or situation. Folks have to make a choice between food, medication, transportation, housing, or other basic needs. Unfortunately, hunger is a complex issue with many different causes and outcomes, so fighting it can be much more challenging than simply providing a food box. Well, somebody who knows a lot about food is here to talk with us today. Known as the Food Bank Guy, Eric Cooper is the president and CEO of the San Antonio Food Bank. Through his dual strategies of feeding the line and shortening the line, Eric has received national recognition. It is this holistic approach to serving the entire community that has garnered community support while delivering measurable impact. Well, Eric, it is good to have you here today. I am so excited to be on and really just share with listeners some of what they may have known about the food bank and some of the stuff that they might not know. Well, we'll see what we can dive into today. Well, so let's just start off. Uh, How would you describe the state of food insecurity in San Antonio? I mean, you know, who is struggling uh, with this and, and what factors are causing that insecurity? Well, as a reminder, we serve 29 counties here in southwest Texas, and um, it is a diverse community. We feed about 105,000 people each week. But if you were to think of our typical profile or client, it's female. Um, She's a Latina. Uh, She's a parent, and she's working. She's doing what she can to make ends meet, but it's just... Whether the rent went up or there's a medical bill or the car broke down, one of those crises will drive her into one of our now 850 partners where she's needing food just to nourish herself and her family. She doesn't lean on us too often. Uh, It's just when those crises hit. You know, about a third are seniors and a third are kids. It's that middle third, 18 to 65, that are oftentimes working, and that sometimes surprises people. People assume that many people coming to the food bank are unemployed. Absolutely, that can be the case. But more often, they are working. They just don't make enough to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that is exactly the case. Well, uh, before we went on, we were talking about you were out in Arizona uh, in the desert area. And so kind of leads me into my next thought. And that is, you know, we we hear about food deserts. Uh, What are food deserts? I mean, how can they exist in a place like San Antonio, you know, where there's an H-E-B on every corner? Yeah, I can't address food deserts with even not addressing the term food insecurity. So when families think about hunger, uh, we all know what that is. It's maybe going between breakfast and lunch and those hunger, physical pains that you get. Um, food insecurity is really an individual that doesn't know where their next meal is coming from. They're not in control or don't have the ability of actually being able to solve that question of when will I eat next. Um, they're reliant on either philanthropy or they're reliant on a federal program or they're reliant on some other resource to be able to, to nourish themselves. And so when you think about geographical areas, USDA defined a food desert as an area where residents have to travel more than eight miles to get to a traditional grocery store. Mm-hmm. Traditional grocery stores are sized um, you know, by how many items they stock. And so mm-hmm. you might have a traditional grocery store at 75,000 items or more. And so when you're traveling far, that can sometimes be a barrier. And so oftentimes people that live in food deserts go to smaller retailers, convenience stores. Um, You know, think of going to the gas station to purchase your groceries. So now your number of items that you're shopping at decreases. Maybe the price point goes up and the selection goes down. The nutritional quality not a huge produce aisle at most of the convenience stores. So those are all big barriers to nutrition and why food deserts are what people are trying to overcome. But it is complex because not one retailer can solve this problem. And geography and population are variables that you have to think through when you think about where people get access to food. Eric, some of our listeners may be curious about the San Antonio Food Bank's mission and and history, you know, over the years. Um, So talk a little bit about that, but then also talk about kind of what's changed over the years. I mean, you've been at the helm now for for a while, and so you've seen enough during your time, but then you certainly know what happened before you got here. So talk a little bit about where y'all have been and kind of where you're going. You bet. So we are a part of a national organization called Feeding America. There's 200 food banks in the United States. We're the oldest food bank in the great state of Texas, founded in 1980, and just really have rolled out a a holistic approach to addressing food insecurity. And, um, you know, when you think about hunger, it really is a symptom of a bigger issue, poverty. Um, I like to think that people in poverty have lots of problems, maybe underemployed or rents high, utility bills are behind or, you know, might be struggling in a in a marriage that's not working or suffering from addiction or maybe there's a medical crisis. Um, someone that's hungry generally just have one problem. And until you solve that one problem, you can't start to address the complexity of poverty. And so as believers, we know, you know, man doesn't live on bread alone. And this great parable of you can give a fish, but if you teach to fish. And I think the food bank, what we've really tried to study, learn, and understand is that it's not an either or, it's an and. You really have to have a strategy that provides the fish while teaching to fish and understanding that the fishing industry provides a living wage and can actually move people Um, forward and to move them less reliant on maybe federal programs or 
strategies that they need to cope with the environment that they find themselves in. And so our food bank has really evolved to that holistic approach. We we use buzzwords like today, tomorrow, and a lifetime to describe that graduating of complexity of programming, but also just this holistic approach that helps families in need. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say to listeners, if you are struggling right now, please reach out to us at the San Antonio Food Bank. You can go to our website at safoodbank.org, hit the Get Help button, or you can call us anytime at 210-431-8326. There's great, passionate caseworkers there ready to receive your call and help navigate those uh, maybe troubled waters you find yourself in. But it is truly our blessing and the privilege that we have to be servants of God, to mm-hmm. be able to provide help. And um, we thank those listeners that might be gaining the courage or strength or overcoming the stigma of asking for help. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're here to help. Yeah, I mean, y'all really are like a front porch in many ways. Not because, you know, like Jesus met physical needs. He healed, but he also gathered the 5,000 to feed them uh, because people were hungry. And so... You know, y'all do a lot of things. We're going to talk about those as well. So talk about nutrition education. Uh, How do y'all work in that area to educate folks about nutrition? Well, you're hitting all of them, Cody. You know, I think of the four big barriers to, to accessing nutrition. Number one is actually income. How much you make determines how well you eat. Um, geography is the second big barrier. And we talked about food deserts, right, that where you live sometimes will determine how you have access to food. Uh, education is the the next big barrier. You know, you might have access to healthy food, but you don't know how to cook it. You don't know how to prepare it. And so nutrition education is a big part of that. And really then the fourth barrier is commerce. Um, we're all bombarded with marketing and advertising. And it's interesting that oftentimes in communities, food that's most accessible can be fairly affordable, but very unhealthy and then tastes really good. Right. Um, and when you think of dollar menus and fast food or soda, I mean, all of those things that are heavily marketed. So in that third area of nutrition education, it's really important that individuals know how to cook, know how to prepare food. Um, I always think the person that you'll cook for the most is yourself. Mm. Um, and so if you want to enjoy life, learn how to cook today mm-hmm. so that uh, all those meals in the future Um, you know, are going to be tasty and good. The second people you cook for is the people you love, those around you, you know, your family members. And so, you know, we are what we eat. Uh, An apple a day keeps a doctor away, you know. And Mm -hmm. so making sure that you have access to the right foods, right amount, right time, that's what's going to nourish you. Um, And so it's such a privilege to be able to educate and teach along with providing the physical food that families need. So nutrition education super important well yeah i mean if you're going to teach somebody how to fish then you got to teach them how to cook it <laughs> absolutely you know, uh, not eat, everybody's a cook i mean deep fry it all the time that's right and i am not one of those <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for my wife that she knows how to cook so um eric let's talk about your programs directed towards children tell us a little bit about you know that and the relationship between the food bank and local children you know what does that look like well cody there's nothing better that we could be doing than nourishing a child because you're not just helping them grow up healthy, but you're giving them a chance at being able to really retain and grow and 
you know, schools do such a great job here in the community of providing access to the National School Lunch and Breakfast Program, but they know if a kid's hungry, they're not going to learn. And so it's so important to nourish. And so we work with schools around those meals, uh, about 180 school districts throughout South Texas. But then we also work during the summer months because that's when the biggest demand hits the food bank. When kids are out of school, don't have access to meals. Mm. The summer, that demand comes our way. And so we work hard all summer and we uh, have been doing that this summer to make sure that kids are nourished. Over the weekends then are some kind of gaps that occur where maybe a child's fed at school but no food at home. And so we have a, a program called the Backpack Program where kids can receive a six-meal a little package that uh, oftentimes teachers will slip in the back of a backpack and give them access to food. But I'd say the biggest and most comprehensive way is our emergency food pantries throughout mm-hmm. the community. I mean, bottom line, when families are struggling, they're, they're going to these pantries to get food. And as I mentioned, our, our most typical client is a parent. And so it's a mom usually accessing the pantry to get food for our families. And you know, it's heartbreaking, you mm-hmm. know, to think of parents that can't provide for their kids. And I think that's the blessing of this work is that we can help her be the mom she wants to be and be able to provide the nourishing meals she wants to nourish her kids. Yeah. Folks, if you're just now joining us, welcome to Together for Good. This is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm your host, Cody Knowlton. And today I'm having a wonderful conversation with a good friend, Eric Cooper. He is the president and CEO of the San Antonio Food Bank. Eric has been explaining some of the ways the food bank combats hunger across multiple different levels. Eric, how do you... um, There's a strong network of collaboration uh, between the food bank and local distribution sites and partners. I mean, how are those partnerships started? I mean, how do you maintain them? You know, food banks across the country have had this amazing journey um, that originated out of faith. I mean, I think most faith traditions believe that uh, no one should go hungry or that when they're serving someone in need, it's as if they're serving God. And uh, we know Jesus said, when I was hungry, you know, you fed me. And so that privilege of just being able to serve a neighbor as if you're serving your God brings people to the table. And so most of our food pantries are nestled within a church and they've been great, great partners. I think as we've grown over the years, we've created partnerships in schools and with government and with um, other larger nonprofits, wonderful traditions like Salvation Army or the Boys and Girls Clubs or the Wise. And so just You know, trying to create access points where our neighbors in need would feel comfortable geographically, but then also have a relationship. And that food is catalytic. Um, Food is kind of where it starts. You know, when you're breaking bread with someone or when you're able to physically, tangibly provide a benefit, it creates love um, Mm -hmm. that you care about me and it shows in this tangible way. And so then leveraging that to so much more. Um, And whether that's other programming or services or training or education to really help that family through that season of need. And so, yeah, it's so important. I just want to thank all of them because as I mentioned earlier, 850 different nonprofit groups, partners over our 29 county service territory. And obviously I've got a great staff because Mm -hmm. 
you know, we engage these partners and they meet certain requirements. They're independent 501c3s. They have some compliance and food safety and Mm -hmm. documentation and all the integrity fiduciary stuff. But they get monitored and they get checked out and, you know, all scrutinized and all of that. You got to make sure that all of this is done in an integral and transparent and fair and, you know, never infringing on anyone's civil rights. And so it's a big job. But, um, you know, our city is great. And I can't say that I could love or appreciate any of our partners any more than one another because they're just they're just amazing to work with. Yeah. Y'all do a great job at it, and I'm glad you're there because you couldn't do all of that on your own. And so it's great to have community partners that know their particular community, and you provide, you know, the oversight and the the organization. And it is, uh, listeners, if you've never been out to the San Antonio Food Bank here in San Antonio, it is an amazing place, not just from a facility side of the board, but just a people side of the board and just seeing the warehouse and and all that y'all do out there is just really amazing. Eric, beyond providing food, you know, how does the food bank nurture? Nurture a sense of community and support for individuals and families experiencing food insecurity? Well, it's done and very thoughtfully, right? And I think you have to be deliberate in that process. And I think that, as I mentioned, you know, the family that's overcoming the stigma associated to asking for help for all those reasons that, you know, when someone finds himself in need and then brings that forward. Sometimes it can be equal to failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be judged as if I've done something wrong. And just getting someone comfortable with then, all right, we're going to move past all that emotional and baggage to say, I need help. I, I don't have food in my refrigerator. My cupboards are bare. My children are hungry. I am here. Um And to meet that with love and just, you know, without judgment and just listen and be responsive. It it really is this, this miracle and privilege. I think for our staff and our volunteers, when you can actually, in some ways, I think, you know, be in that mediator position, almost like the savior, um, in the sense of when someone's in their pain, their struggle, and they're, they're just wanting to overcome, to be able to provide healing, um, healing in the physical sense of those empty cupboards or a refrigerator, but mm-hmm. then nourishing body, spirit, mind. And, and I think it's all of that combined that just that holds it in balance. I mean, I hear from our volunteers all the time that, you know, they're like, man, I was having the worst day ever. And I came and I, I did a three hour shift and In about three hours, we packed X number of boxes, told that we were going to provide food to about 3,000. As I thought about the 3,000 people that were getting food because I was here and and the situations they might be in, I've never been hungry. And, (laughs) you know, my troubles are not that big of a deal. And, uh, you know, and and you just see that, that we're all healed in providing service and those that are getting service are brought to some form of restitution and so it really is god's miracle and god's blessing to be a part of this great work and um, yeah volunteering is great if you haven't have never volunteered at the food bank i'd recommend it because eric is exactly right you're going to be blessed more you know than the folks actually receiving uh, the food um so speaking of the folks receiving uh, do you have a story you'd like to share that would kind of yeah, you know, all the, this? you know, feeding 105,000 people a week, there's just tremendous stories. And I, and I just think of um, the reality is, is that when someone's struggling, they're oftentimes crying or praying that someone will care, someone will respond, someone will be there. And, um, 
that privilege of just responding to that, hearing the prompting and doing something about it. Um, but I tell you, it was during the pandemic, and um, you know, many people saw that aerial photo from William Luther with the Express News, that picture at Trader's Village where 10,000 people came to get food. It was our San Antonio version of the fishes and loaves mm. because it just – we never would have thought that there would have been that many families coming to get food. We we went through, I think, 18 or 19 semi-truckloads of food product. We just kept bringing it and bringing it and the volunteers and the day. I mean, literally 10 to 12-hour day. But I just remember – the last car, uh, making sure that they were getting through, and it was a family in a minivan, and I went to apologize that it had taken so long, and and they just said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, we're we're fine. We brought some games for the kids, and and I said, well, tell me about you guys and husband and wife, and the husband said that he he met his wife working at the hotel downtown and uh, got up enough courage to ask her out. They got married, they bought their home. They started their family. Uh, he worked the evening shifts, and she worked the day shift, and so they could kind of juggle their child care. And um, he said that they knew something was wrong when they both got called into the property at the same time. Mm. The pandemic was just kind of starting to do its damage. And he said the general manager said there's no guests, <laughs> so there's no money, so there's no jobs. Right. And so he and his wife were laid off at the very same moment. And, you know, he said that drive home, like in their minivan, they worried, could they make the payments? Could they pay for their home? Mm -hmm. They were so worried about getting the virus and not having health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, what, what are we going to do? And our kids, how will we feed them? And, and then they heard about the distribution to come and get food. And they said, we're, we're just out of food. And we needed, well, I, I'm loading the groceries into their trunk of their minivan and you know the three little heads pop up along the back bench and they were so excited to get the food and curious what it was and and it just it made me realize how fragile life is and how things could quickly change and mm -hmm. how when we put ourselves in their shoes you know where would we turn where would we go yeah. um, we could be in line someday yeah. yeah and just praying that someone would be there to receive us yeah. and um, with compassion and love and understanding and yeah so absolutely. anyways but it is it is san antonio you turn out so many great donors volunteers you know food companies from field to fork all, mm -hmm. all of the chains of the the food chain the food bank works but every day it's just it's people yeah. and uh, someone that decides they're going to smile they're going to reach out they're mm -hmm. going to hug they're going to do something to help heal what's broken and Man, it's a privilege. Uh, a high privilege. And so glad you're doing it. Thank you. So glad you're doing it. Eric, how can community members get involved? I mean, everything from contributing to volunteering. Give us a couple of things that you know the community can help you with, and uh, where do they go to do that? Yeah, so the big four, if you think of it, four legs of the table that feeds 105,000 people a week is food. And you can donate non-perishable food items and any of the red barrels you might found around the city. To learn where to drop off, you can go to our website at safoodbank.org. But we also take perishable. More than half of the product that we distribute is perishable, and you can learn about our fresh produce. If you grow in a row at home and you want to donate a little bit extra, please donate some food, uh, even wild game. So if you're a rancher or hunter, you can do that. Um, safoodbank.org to learn about all of those different food donation strategies. 
give some time. Uh, we talk quite a bit about volunteering, but uh, volunteers typically work in our warehouse, packing boxes, our kitchens, making meals, um, the farm and garden, uh, growing food. Um, or you can work on the front lines helping us distribute food, either home deliveries or curbsides or pop-ups. Um, money, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, dollars make nonprofits go, and mm-hmm. we just work to be the most efficient, right? So that whole administrative overhead still at about two percent. A dollar equals thirteen dollars worth of food, or ten pounds, or seven meals is another great way to think of the leveraging effect of a dollar. But boy, we want to thank all of our financial donors and mm-hmm. those incredible foundations that we know and love. Yeah. And we uh, we couldn't do this work without voice. And so just want to thank the parties here that are carrying this voice to listeners right now. You know, voice is about education. It's about information. It's about advocacy. It's about the spirit and prompting. We ask people to use their social media and carry our message. Uh, we ask that they carry that sometimes to elected officials to shape policy and be an advocate. But right now, I think we're asking for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer is one of the most powerful way that we can raise our voice in behalf of those that struggle. And uh, praying for resources, praying for rain for our crops, Amen. you know, all of that, it has an impact. And so Food Time Money Voice to Give those four things. It starts at safoodbank.org. Now, if you're listening and you're up in the, the northeast corner of the city or in Comel County, we have our New Braunfels Food Bank, and that's NB, as in New Braunfels, foodbank.org. You can go there. You can come here to San Antonio or any of our other 29 counties. We've got all kinds of stuff going. Starts at safoodbank.org or call us at 210-337-3663 or 337-FOOD. If you'd like to give help, if you're calling to get help, if you're in need, you're going to want to call our helpline, and that's 210-431-8326. Same website, uh, and you'll see on the website either to give help or get help, but um, it all starts there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you asked for prayer, and that's what we're going to do right now. All right. How about I pray for you before we depart? I'd love Let's it. do that. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Eric, his leadership for the food bank. And just continue to sustain it and uh, help it be all that you need it to be as the front porch to poverty and uh, meeting needs physically and then through nutrition and job training and so many other things that they do. We just pray you continue to help them do what they do best. Uh, pray for those that are out there that receive services, and we just pray they'd continue to be everything you need them to be and uh, be healed from their situations uh, that they find themselves in. So we love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, Eric, thank you for coming by today. We deeply appreciate and value the work of the food bank and the safety net that you guys provide to vulnerable folks in our area. We'd like to thank our listeners. Hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today. Uh, You can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org forward slash together for good. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. Take care and God bless everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.